welcome to the High Sensory People podcast with Jane and Alicia. I'm Alicia May. I'm a high sensory energetic coach, facilitator, and creative empath. I'm really passionate about helping those that are ready to connect with their energetic selves, own their value and truth. And I'm Jane Elizabeth Aston. I'm a high sensory facilitator and spiritual connection coach. I'm all about exploring our spiritual nature, connection and alignment with who we really are. We're high sensory people and we want to inspire and empower all HSPs to own their amazing qualities and unique gifts. We would love you to join us on this journey. Hello everyone, today we're going to be talking about HSP experiences with our guest Lynn Napoli. Welcome. Hi, thanks very much for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure and uh, I think first of all we would like to say that we're all in the same room in Greece and Lynn, Woohoo! I know, <laughs> so people might be able to tell by your accent that you are uh, not British like us, you're American, so tell us I where, sure am. where are you uh, from? I'm from a very tiny town called Boiling Springs and it's in Pennsylvania. Uh, We're about a half an hour outside of the capital of Harrisburg, maybe three hours from New York City. Wow, wonderful. So you're quite a distance from home right now. hard trip. A hard trip and a six hour time difference? Uh, Seven actually. Seven hour time difference. So tell us How do you come to be in Greece at the same time as us? Well, uh, it it has really become a personal uh, experience journey. Um, Amazing. But my daughter, I believe, has been collaborating with you guys. And she was coming over here to meet you two and invited me along. So uh, here I am. Yeah, so, so glad to meet both of you. It's been really lovely. Um, So we thought... While you were both in the country, we would love to take the opportunity of talking with with you uh, as part of this podcast and and just kind of explore a little bit, you know, where you are on your being high sensory, being HSP journey and, and how, you know, how that's been for you. So let's just start at the beginning. How and when did you find out you have the HSP trait, Lynn? Well, I guess I... I've always had it, but I didn't realize what it was. I knew that I didn't fit with the people around me. And um, my daughter, Carmela, which I guess you're going to do some things with her a little bit later. um, She pointed it out to me and directed me to you guys. And uh, I'm actually going to get emotional right now. Upon watching your very first video... I went straight out to my garage and I recorded that video to you guys and it was it was such a revelation for me because it was the first time that not that I needed a label but I felt like someone actually understood me the way that I was because I felt like no one I couldn't relate to anyone and no one could relate to me I just felt like as my daughter says, a fish in the forest. <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm slower and I look at all the detail and beauty and um, I, I'm so noise sensitive, loud voices, loud vehicles, um, just 
energy. That energy just sends me like I want to get away from it as fast as possible. Um, that kind of thing. I'm wondering, like, which was it? Was it one of the early episodes that you listened to when we were talking about the trait? Oh, it was the very, very first one. Okay. I mean, that one, I I sent you that video. I said, I finally felt vindicated because everyone thought I was slow. Everyone basically called me stupid. Um, I just... I just felt like I didn't fit. And I realized then that I wasn't around the right kind of people to understand me. And unfortunately, it was my own family. I was the only feeler in a family of five. And Carmela had pointed that out to me. And she said she actually cried for me because she realized how difficult it was. I mean, I totally withdrew. Um, I was apparently, obviously in the wrong profession my whole life because it was a very high-paced dental specialty office selling large, expensive treatment plans. And though that was good for me, it was very stressful because that is, you know, I'm more artistic, slow, and that kind of thing. And I did that for 39 and a half years. And it was soul-crushing when I look back at it now. And then the the boss's personalities, uh, other than one, were very aggressive. They were all narcissists. And I was a target. And it was just, you know, a lot of us actually would get sick on Sunday knowing we had to go to work on yeah. Monday. Yeah. Um, so how I figured it out, I mean, I only figured it out very recently through my daughter turning me on to you guys. But now it's like everything makes sense. Finally, it makes sense. And I've just basically, I will say that I'm 65 years old and I really didn't wake up till I was about 60, 61. And by waking up, I mean that I was in a dream world and it wasn't until I fixed my health that my mind cleared. And now this is seems like a natural progression in me finding myself. Uh, I'm very, very spiritual. I have a very, very deep spiritual connection. And um, I don't even have to meditate. It comes to me. I see wonderful things. And I'm starting to hear wonderful things. And um, this is just it's just explaining so much of what was missing. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for all of that. And you said such a lot of really important things there, I think. The the feeling of you were different from the rest of your family. You were the feeler, Completely. they were the thinker. And then almost having to um, deny that part of yourself. You went Completely. into a career that was sales. And we, you know, we've talked mm. about this, haven't we? We were talking about it just Can't before sales. We, we switched record. As high sense people we really don't like doing hard sell well when you did that episode about you had the one job and then you went into the <coughs> job in the countryside with the lambs leaping yes. in the field man did that resonate oh, me yeah, i had a pet yeah. lamb i mean it's just i grew up on a farm and i played in water and i was the youngest of six children and there was four years between me and the next 
um, child. So mm-hmm. I was very much on my own in my own little world. It yeah. was very peaceful. And then I got thrown into life, mm-hmm. into something that was so foreign and not peaceful because mm. I just didn't understand yes. me. And it's incredible, really, that you were able to stay in that job and, you know, be successful in that job for as long as you were. Well, I'll tell you, um, one of the bosses was my brother. And we had merged with that practice. And he is probably the kindest, best person I know. Okay. And he's the one that made it tolerable and worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he was just very caring. And I am convinced he's HSP too. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so often. Yeah. Mm. And often we only need one ally right. who really gets us to right. make the difference between us feeling completely isolated and at sea and having a bit more of an anchor and maybe he was your anchor he was my anchor in that job and and probably you know in life as well Mm -hmm. yeah and what else did you talk about you talked about you know real hsp things about being able to see the fine detail oh i uh i can't think of the name of the book um but it just said that buddha gave a the first two pages it said that Buddha gave a silent sermon and held up a flower, and one monk smiled. That is how I feel. The beauty of a flower mm. is so precious to me. And, you know, sunrise to sunset, all of nature, yeah. I, I resonate with rocks. I resonate mm. with trees i i love to hug trees for their energy mm. and rocks for their energy and i just i just see the world through a different lens mm. but i feel normal now before mm. i thought oh like i'm just like some kind of uh, i don't like almost like i belonged in an insane asylum because i just didn't see what everybody else saw i didn't realize it Yes, but, you know, I really witnessed, you know, a little bit of this yesterday when we walked Mm -hmm. to the beach and, you know, and and we had a swim and, you know, you took some photos and and you and and then we walked back and and on the way there and on the way back, you were looking at the the plants and the flowers and we were talking a little bit about the colours and you were telling me how, you know, they grow through in one colour and then they change. Which was that one? That was the lantana. There we go, the lantana, which I really was so happy to know the name of because I've got some uh, uh, you know at home in the UK and you were looking at the trees and you were picking the the rocks up off the beach and and looking at their texture and color and the the patterns in them and and this was all you know really you have a real connection to the natural world it's a really precious thing it was lovely to talk with you about it well and I shouldn't get into this too much because I think that when you speak with my daughter you're going to get into personality type but mm. I am an INFP and apparently we have one foot in the ethereal realm yes and I do believe in everything being one and I am so connected to literally every mm-hmm. single thing mm-hmm. every single thing yeah. and I mm. and I used to think of it as just rocks and trees and that kind of stuff but now I'm understanding it's water and mm-hmm. it's air and it's just a boat. I mean, everything yeah. is one, and that's where I'm 
at now. Yeah, you're talking my language. Mm. The plane that flies over, right. the bird. Right, we talked about the, the cat. Plane. It's all the same. Mm. Right. I can't explain why it's all the same. I just know no, that, that it, it is. is. The same. It is the yeah. same. And I get energy from every single thing that I touch. Yes. Tell us about that. If you can, you put that into words. Um, it, it literally feels like pure love to me. Mm. Like when I hold a cat, um, when I stroke a smooth stone, oh. when I hug a tree, I talk oh. to it and, you know, ask kindly if I can have some of that energy. Mm. Um, it's in deep breathing and what it brings into my body. Um, it's, it's just, it's almost a feeling of bliss. But the world that I'm in kind of ruins it for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, I don't mean the world ruins it. It's just... It can impinge on it sometimes, yes, yes, can't yes. it? And, the mundane and, stuff. Yeah, and I almost have to create a bubble around myself at times to really immerse myself in the way all those things that you just talked about, you put them into such beautiful words and I really yes. felt some of what I feel when right. I look at the sea or the sky. or. But just this trip here, mm. um, when I got up in the air in the airplane at 30,000 feet and above all the EMF radiation and all the internet and all, mm. well, I'm sure there was some on the plane whatnot, but I felt, I felt freer. Mm. I actually started receiving like messages. I, it was, this whole trip has just been mind blowing for me, but this whole feeling of oneness and love has literally just blossomed mm. in the last, well, what have we been here, a week and a half, two weeks? Yeah. Um, so this is new to my journey, but it's getting more and more beautiful every day. I still don't know what my life purpose is. I think that would make things easier. But um, the message that I got was that I'm here to feel, which I feel intensely, yes. and just experience the love. Just experience the love and to feel. I love that. Yeah, mm. that's beautiful. And I and I think am I right? I think I heard you say yesterday this is your first time out of the United States. Out of the States. country. Yeah, we drove across the border to say Niagara Falls in Canada, yeah. but no, I've not been out of the United yeah. States before. So this is it. Feels like a spiritual pilgrimage. It, it does in a way, and it's funny the energy when you talk about energy. The energy in Athens was very agitating for uh -huh. me. A lot of cars. Yeah. And again, with the high sensory thing, the diesel exhaust mm. like may, affects me physically. Mm. So I did a lot of coughing and hacking and going on. Yeah. Then we went to Santorini. And though that was very, very beautiful, aesthetically beautiful, yeah. um, the bar scene for me was like the sign on the one bar is, let's get drunk. Well, you know, I'm not there anymore. Mm -hmm. I guess when I was younger, I certainly was. Um, I'm just at a different place. So that energy was a little bit, um, I mean, we did hiking and it was simply stunning when I was away from every all the energy of the people and the cars. Yeah. But here on Poros... Um, it's a much more lovely feeling. Mm. Isn't it? it mm. There's something about this place is really, really much more calm. And yes. just, it just feels so much better to me here. I'm glad. And it's interesting that you say that because I feel 
very peaceful here, very calm, very peaceful. And we're only really here by accident because the Airbnb that we found last summer was cheap. We Mm. were like, well, that's cheaper than any of the others that we've seen. We'll go to Poros. But yeah, so it's interesting that you picked up on that compared to Santorini. Mm. And I went to Santorini about 20 years ago, longer um, and I was completely unaware of the HSP tray. I think it was before I was on Santorini before Elaine Aaron had even written her first book. So, of course, I was unaware of the HSP tray. It was a very beautiful place. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I felt terribly peaceful there, though, right. for all sorts of reasons, though. And if I had the chance to go back there again, I'm not sure that I would. Mm. And to be honest, I lo- I. I enjoy being in Greece, but whenever I had gone to Hawaii uh, and stayed on Maui, I apparently resonate and connect much more with the tropical environment, Mm. and I think that might have to do with something in my heritage, but um, I'm not sure that I would come back to Greece. While I might for the food, I do enjoy the food quite a bit, Um, but uh, it's interesting, and I think that is why it's important to travel for the new experience and the new sensations and energy and feelings. And it just broadens your perspective so much more. Yeah, and did you find that it makes you think of home in a different way? Oh, there you go. Yes, it's funny. I was supposed to go on from Greece to a friend in Montenegro. And when we had originally looked, we hadn't made the plans. I was going to do it on my own, which is really out of my comfort zone but we didn't look before we got here and then as we were looking at that it would have been many many hours a lot more expense uh, very very stressful so it decided not to do it but something is telling me to go home I look at home very differently now that I've been here I do appreciate a lot more um I do enjoy the simplicity of here, really enjoy the simplicity of here, and I do realize how spoiled I was and how ungrateful I was about home, but something's drawing me back home. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be shoving out here in a couple of days. That's so interesting. Mm. That's a brilliant question, Alicia, about, you know, has it made you feel differently about about home yeah only because having been away a few times it is amazing what goes on in my mind when I think of home and like you even though I love the UK and it's definitely in my heart um you know I've gone abroad then I have sort of gone actually do you know I really like the UK what was I being so ungrateful like you said ungrateful for Uh and even this trip I again like you guys have said the energy around here is lovely. I love that it's out of season. It's peaceful. We had the whole beach to ourselves. When we got that bus through Athens, I didn't like the energy either. It was too chaotic. Um, and it's really helped me not reassess things. Yes, it does. You know, and I said yesterday, distance and time clarifies the mind. And it is making me appreciate the UK in a slightly different way. It's making me appreciate it more. And I just think it is good to go away to then not just enjoy where you've gone, but to reassess 
how you feel about where you come from. Mm, I think that's right. And I think, um, you know, something that you said earlier was about, you know, you feel like you're just finding yourself now. Mm, right. You know, you're finding yourself in your 60s. I mean, I am 52. And I think we said yesterday, I said, I feel like my life is just beginning right. after you said yours was just beginning. And I'd love you to sort of talk a little bit more about what that means to you to find yourself now. Well, it was almost as if I was in a dream. I was going through motions, but I wasn't allowing myself to feel. Or, again, I wasn't the healthiest of person. I was on a lot of medications, which I think numbed me down. Mm -hmm. So now that I'm done with all that, it's like I'm finally allowed to feel. And through the generosity of my daughter giving me permission and encouraging me to feel because uh, we had talked about the high sensitive person, which I don't like at all. I prefer high sensory perception or even the high sensory intelligence. Mm -hmm. Again, mm -hmm. people called me dumb. Mm -hmm. I consider myself intelligent, mm -hmm. but I had almost convinced myself that I was simple minded. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, it means the world because... I feel like I'm finally alive mm. and it's an amazing feeling. It's mm. very emotional, um, but I cry for the sheer beauty of things yes. now. Yes. And I, I have my daughter's boyfriend's like, oh God, there she goes again. <laughs> but when I see a sunset <clears throat> or I see a sunrise mm. or I just see a forest, I, it just overwhelms mm. me and it is a wonderful thing yeah yeah and i saw it before but i didn't feel like i feel now yeah i'm just so much more aware and i am absolutely a high sensory perception person absolutely absolutely when i go shopping i have to touch yeah. everything I have absolutely to fabric yes yes I told you I managed, yeah 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 fabric. i managed a fabric store for yeah. a year oh, i had oh, to bliss. touch everything but when I would open up the doors in the morning, the smell of the dyes would slap me in the mm. face and I get nauseous. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I was a little kid, I was the first person on the bus and off the bus for school. It was a diesel bus. I was I go to school and I'd have headaches all morning long because I, you know, the other kids wouldn't have it, but I would. Mm. Then I get sick when I come home from school from smelling it again or Sunday mornings reading. I used to like to read the summer, summer, blah, blah, Sunday comics mm. in the newspaper and the dye from the newspaper. Mm. I would get headaches yeah. all Sunday morning. My parents wow. were always dragging me to the doctor because I had a chronic headache. Mm. And it was because I was just so sensitive to chemicals. Yeah. And later in life, I always called myself chemically sensitive because my husband does landscaping uh, does landscaping, and people were getting on a hypersensitivity list that he wasn't allowed to spray his chemicals within X miles of their home. And I'd say, well, I'm not allergic, but I'm, I'm sens uh, you know, chemically sensitive. Now I understand it, mm -hmm. and it just makes me feel sane because I didn't know what was wrong. Yeah. Or working in the field that I was working yeah. in. Um, I was so exhausted by all that exertion that, you know, I literally need every other day off yeah. in that yeah. environment. Yeah. So I'd spend all weekend in bed 
uh-huh. just trying to regain, regain my strength to go to yeah. work again. Mm. And then I would be labeled as lazy. And, you know, I wasn't putting in my fair share in the relationship, etc. Um, that's, you know, those things now make sense to me. Yes. Mm. Yes, I really, really understand and and your story is my story albeit on a smaller scale and because I'm a little bit younger than you you know not for quite as long but um it it was really hard operating in the world like a non-high sensory person when one is uh, a high sensory person to quite a high degree you know Mm -hmm. I score pretty highly on the HSP scale and I imagine you you're top end yeah I believe that I'm top end I'm sure you are and again it is it is a bless a curse but it is such a blessing it's such Mm -hmm. a blessing you have to focus on the blessing stuff Um, we can talk about food Mm. Uh, once I cleared my health and really cleaned up my diet now when I eat anything mm. with any kind of a dye or preservative or, you know, added ingredients that shouldn't be in there, it's like I literally get sick as a dog. Mm. Our wheat in the United States is generally sprayed with glyphosate, mm-hmm. if, that's, if I'm saying that correct, correctly. And that literally puts me in bed for three to five days. Yeah. Mm. Now, the wheat over here is okay. Mm-hmm. I don't seem to have much of a problem with it. So I've eaten a little bit, and I've really, really enjoyed that. Yeah. But I hadn't eaten wheat for three years. Mm-hmm. And then the other evening, you gave me that little cake for dinner. I know. And I had, no, oh, no, it's not your fault. <laughs> I wanted it. Um, but I, I hadn't eaten sugar, processed sugar, yeah. for three years. And I eat plenty of sugar and fruit, and yeah. I eat a fair amount of honey. But... Uh, that cake, I laid down in bed that night and I was like, was it the pasta? Was it the cake? And when mm-hmm. I get up in the morning and I didn't have the residual long-term effect from it, I knew it was the sugar. Mm-hmm. But it was like it was like my skin was being pricked all over. It yeah. hurt behind my knees, which was a, an odd thing that I've not experienced before. But I've noticed that I think it's benzoate or benzoyl alcohol is in many, many beauty products and in most of the food in America, and when, and it's even in the toothpaste, even the healthy tooth, toothpaste that a big company bought and okay. apparently did something to it, my, I can tell in my gums, either my gums buzz, they thump pulse like with my, my heartbeat, yeah. or they just burn. So my gums are a real interesting indicator mm. for me. So I could actually like taste test food and tell you if it's good or bad. Yeah, you could. Yeah, amazing. So my diet is very, very limited. Um, I feel best when I do that. I feel healthiest mm-hmm. when I do that. It's mostly fruits and vegetables. I try to eat as organic as I can. Mm-hmm. I eat very little meat. Mm-hmm. We had talked about pork. Mm, we did. Um, pork, um, pigs cannot sweat. And that's your largest detox organ. So they retain their toxins. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't had pork for quite some time, and I was frying some bacon up for my husband. And I just, you know, out of habit, when you cook, you taste things. Yeah. I popped a piece of bacon in my mouth, and I literally felt like I had had it, consumed a lot of alcohol or wow. smoked a lot of marijuana. I felt like my eyes were offset. Wow. And that's 
that's kind of my indicator for that kind of toxin. Mm -hmm. I, I felt very wonky and like goony. I couldn't walk a straight line. And that was for about three days. Wow. Mm. So, and then we had moussaka here, which was absolutely delicious, mm. but it was pork. Yeah. And I had it to a much more mild effect. I think the food here is a lot cleaner. Mm. Yes. But I had that for about a day after that. So yeah. I, I got the memo. Yeah. No pork for me any longer. Yeah. You know, and I have to abide by this. And I have to concentrate on how bad I'm going to feel if I eat it, not the immediate gratification. Yeah. So that is hard to navigate. Mm. It's a real challenge. Yes, yes. And, you know, you've been on quite a journey with that. And I, I sort of... It was on a, a, a journey with that, I don't know, 10, 20 years ago, and I've sort of let things slip quite a lot since then. Yeah. But what but what I hear from your story is all part of finding yourself mm -hmm. and, um, and becoming really aware of the sensations in your body right. and, and what it's telling you. Your gums tell you something. The backs of your knees, knees. tell you something. Your skin tells front you of something. My, front of my knees is definitely gluten. Yeah, right. So it's, it's like I have like these weird triggers yeah. that That's now great, I can though. associate with things. Yeah. Really oh, and, interesting. And cigarettes smoke oh pff, don't get yeah. aside on that well it used to be it used to be able to do it in restaurants and things mm -hmm. and i used to go out with my friends because i was young and everybody mm. smoked we all did it put me down for three days every mm. time yeah. and it got to the point where i didn't want to go out anymore and then yeah. i was so happy when they outlawed it like in places to eat and that kind yeah. of stuff and even over here I'm surprised at how many people actually smoke yeah. a lot yeah mm. but if i'm downwind from that Oh, it's, um, yeah. Yeah, I can't tolerate it. I have mm. to relocate. Yeah. Um, or not go in those places. So. Yes, mm. we are really sensitive to those airborne mm. yeah. chemicals, you Absolutely. know, from smoke as well. And yeah, the Mediterranean sort of culture is still clinging on to mm. smoking and tobacco, yeah. I find. In the UK, people, there's not. People still smoke, but a lot of people vape mm, now in the UK. Yeah. And I don't think I've seen anybody vape here. I've no. just seen people smoking okay. like old school cigarettes yeah. and roll-ups. Yeah. So it's just a cultural it thing, is. isn't it? Well, I so. notice a lot of them roll their own cigarettes yeah. here, which yeah. is probably better than... It the, is. Yes. Let's call them cancer sticks if you can. It is. <laughs> it is better. Yeah. So I would love really to sort of round up um, okay. today, Lynn, by... You're in your 60s and you're finding yourself as a result of, you know, the, the kind of the, the cleansing, the kind of healing work that you've been doing. And also as a result of learning about the HSP trait and, right. and identifying that this is you. This has always been Absolutely you. Absolutely. And always it's been me. And, it, and it, you know, and this is a good thing. It's a blessing as well as having its challenges. And right. what would you say to perhaps other women or men? Middle-aged, middle-aged, like me, like you, who've, who've just discovered that they have this trait. Well, it's actually wonderful. It truly is wonderful. I mean, looking out through my eyes, I feel like I'm 18 years old. Mm. Um, I've just recently started yoga since I woke up, and I resonate so hard with that, and it's mm. beautiful. Um, you know, met some very sweet, lovely people through that that I feel like a good vibration with mm -hmm. you know i hope i can keep going and figure this out i i think we're always continuously growing and moving and i'm really looking forward to even bigger and better things now mm -hmm. before it was like yeah i'm ready to go you know because i didn't see 
the possibilities in mm. front of me. Now I see possibilities. Yeah. That that is very important because when you don't have that to look forward to, yeah, it's sad. It is, and I love that saying of you know it's it's better late than never. Absolutely, you know. And the other one I love too is if the person two years ago, like I'm, this is the beginning of my fourth year on the health journey, and through clearing my health, I cleared my mind, and now my spirits rising. Mm-hmm. But um, I forget where I was going with that because my mind just bipped off, but. Uh, I just keep expecting better and better things. Amazing. So. Yeah. I love that. And I think yeah. as high sensory people, because we didn't know we were and no. the world didn't even know about the trait, we're often late bloomers Mm, when we start to align ourselves with who we really are and put down all the you know bits of (laughs) yeah all the layers of somebody that that we weren't Mm. so uh, you know I think there are going to be lots and lots of other people in their 50s in their 60s maybe in their 70s or 80s finding out that they're high sensory too and have you got any Advice or inspiration? Yes, yes I do. Um, I was just thinking about the whole concept of releasing. The people that aren't giving you good vibrations, uh-huh. mm-hmm. let them go mm-hmm. and let the good ones come in. Mm-hmm. Yes. And where I was going before when I said I was on the fourth year of my health journey mm-hmm. was if the person that I was two years ago could talk to the person that I am today they would be so proud of me. So I expect that the person that I am now is going to be even more proud of me. Mm. And I'm going to, here I go, uh, getting weepy, but is going to be even more proud of me in the next couple of years. And rightly so. So, And I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. It was wonderful to have Lynn Napoli on the podcast with us today. And, uh, I think she said some really important things for our listeners as well as for me and you, right? Absolutely. Good good old nuggets that always come through, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, and we hope everybody else enjoyed today. So we'd love to hear your questions or comments and we'd be really grateful if you could subscribe, review and share this podcast. Please do join us for next week's episode when we'll be talking about HSP personality types with our special guest, Carmela Napoli. Bye for now. Bye for now.